0: Dads. Hello, welcome to Dad Talks, where you get to listen to two dads talk. I'm Jared Schmansky, with me as always my co-dad in crime, Joe Lopez. Joe, Joe, Joe. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm great. How are you?
0: Ah, uh, you know what? Tomorrow's Friday. It's gonna be a great day. It is. I'm. uh what are you drinking tonight?
1: I have. A Samuel Adams, Wicked Hazy, Juicy New England IPA.
0: Wicked hazy. Wicked hazy. That's, that's my Boston accent. Was it good? Could I, could, it I was... could I fit in a Matt Damon movie?
1: You you could. You wow. fooled me. Wow. Look at them apples.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. What do you got?
0: I got a beer I paid way too much money for. Um called Blackberry Galaxy from shorts. So a, oh heavens. It's a blackberry IPA. And it's oh, very buddy. good. But uh it was brand new when I bought it and like yeah. you know, I knew I didn't check the price. Like I know how much a craft six-pack is, right? Like I'm not too worried right. about it. And it was like uh $16 for a six-pack. Woo! So way too much money for a six-pack. But yeah. at least it's good.
1: It sounds good. This one uh wicked hazy. It's it's a player in the hazy game. It tastes a lot like the other hazy IPAs.
0: I love hazy IPAs, but there is just not much variety to them. You know, yeah, like it's not. It's like, hey, you get a ha- you get a hazy IPA. That is what it is. It's 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 good. It's juicy, and yeah. uh, that's what it's gonna be. It doesn't really matter which it's one you buy. Juicy. That's my favorite. It's juicy, like like the old yeah. sweatpants on the with juicy on the butt. That's what hazy IPAs are. <laughs> the juicy wizard. The juicy wizard. <laughs> what a well, great Joe. Podcast that is, Joe. This week is your turn. Last week, it I is. regaled us with the story of DB Cooper and the mystery that lies behind him. And you did, and I hate you. <laughs> and you wanted to rise to the challenge and give us a story yourself. So I'm yeah. ready. I'm here. I'm gonna drink my beer and I'm gonna listen. to You lay some knowledge on me.
1: So what do you got? All right. So. So this week is going to be way different than last week, right? You said I couldn't do another conspiracy theory. We're going to do a little bit of time between conspiracy theories. I think that's a good idea. But uh, I am going to tell you a general story or general life of um, someone you probably don't know, but you know his son. Oh. Um. His son is Lin Manuel Miranda.
0: Oh, his son is Lin. It's Lin Manuel Miranda's so, dad.
1: Yes, it is Lin Manuel Miranda's dad, Luis Miranda Jr. And uh, the reason why I chose him was there's actually an HBO documentary called Siempre Luis that is about Luis Miranda.
0: Okay. It means, and it means always Luis.
1: It means always Luis. That's how he signs every email. Oh, I like siempre that. Siempre Luis, um, and just gonna, real quick before we start, kind of say it's mildly political what I'm gonna talk about. It's a you know a little liberal, but um, it's a pretty damn good story overall.
0: Okay, that's a fair disclaimer.
1: Yeah. So, Luis Miranda moved to New York City from Puerto Rico in 1971 when he was 18 years old. The reason why he moved was uh, NYU was trying to recruit Puerto Ricans to their psychology doctoral program.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: yeah. So he saw this opportunity to leave Puerto Rico, go to New York, and kind of see what was out there, experience the world, learn about, you know New York City and you know the America, essentially. I mean, Puerto Rico, you know, is part of the USA. Yeah, it's a
0: territory.
1: Uh, it's a territory. So, but actually get to that experience of the New York uh experience. And what led him to do this was an ac- a movie from I believe it was 1967. And I can't remember the movie or what it what the movie was called. But uh it had Debbie Reynolds in it. And seeing this movie with Debbie <laughs> Reynolds inspired him to to go to New York.
0: Okay. All right. So
1: so he was 18, goes to NYU, and while he's going there, he meets this woman who would eventually go on to be his wife. Uh, his wife was a single mom at the time, also going through the same program. So she's getting her doctorate, but she's got this young daughter. Um, after, you know, they strike things up, they get married. Uh, Luis goes on to adopt her daughter after two months of being married. He adopts her and says, "You know, legally, you are my daughter."
0: All right, very cool.
1: And uh, shortly after that, in 1980, I believe, is when Lin Manuel is born. Um,
0: he's not that much. He's not that much older than I like. I thought he was much older than that.
1: Yeah, so he's he's not that much older than us. You know, twelve years, yeah. basically. So, this has a little bit to do with Lin-Manuel, you know, towards the end of it we'll kind of get into a little bit of Lin-Manuel Miranda and that um but Luis lived in an area of New York called Washington Heights, which the musical In the Heights that Lin-Manuel wrote is about Washington Heights and where he grew up. Okay, okay. Um so Luis and his family lived in Washington Heights and he noticed this area was full of, you know, Puerto Ricans, Hispanic families that we're down on their luck. Right? They society tends to not look at them. Society doesn't really care too much about the Hispanics in that area at that time. Um so he begins to organize Latino families in the area, out of nowhere, just saying, like, hey, families, let's get together, let's have conversations. Um, just to get an idea of what their lives were like around him.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So he's trying to get the ideas of these people and what's going on in their lives, what's keeping them down, and trying to understand why the government really isn't listening to them. Uh so he begins to speak up on their behalf and and this is in, you know, the late nineteen seventies, you know, right before Lim Manuel is born. He's starting to organize this group of people just to again understand what's going on in their world. As he's speaking up on their behalf, uh the New York mayor, Ed Koch, at this time, uh, in 1980, he asks Lin-Manuel to be his special advisor to him. to Or not Lin-Manuel, I'm sorry, Luis. Yeah. Uh, his special advisor to him and give him insights on what's going on in the Latino community of New York so that he has an idea of what this population is going through.
0: Huh.
1: Um. So as you know, Luis is giving him these insights. He eventually becomes promoted to the director of Hispanic affairs, uh, to the mayor of New York. Wow.
0: wow! Yeah,
1: yeah. So he slowly just kind of started talking his way up, working his way up, and understanding what's going on. Um, eventually, as he's going through, he becomes he or he gets appointed to the board of the New York City Health and Hospitals Corporation by Mayor Koch in 1989. Uh, he then served that same role during the Dink- the Dinkins administration. Um, and then in 1993, Rudy Giuliani appointed him as chairman, to, again, to this New York City Health and Hospitals Corporation. Um, so while Lu- Luis is in leadership there, the city's public hospital network saw improvements in quality and care and financial stability, just from him being their leader. And he's... Super, super organized. He really has the mindset of data can take you anywhere.
0: I like that. That plays directly yeah. into my job.
1: Yeah. So he really he looks at numbers. He looks at spreadsheets. He looks at a lot of stuff to really understand again what's going on, what's going through here. Um, and in the 1990s, he started a nonprofit called the Hispanic Federation. That sole purpose was to help out you know, the Hispanic population. Not necessarily there in New York, kind of just all over the place. Yeah. So, he creates his federation. Luis's voice becomes so prominent in the New York government that politicians just realize they can't go anywhere without Luis Miranda next to them. Whoa! So, he slowly is just getting in. He is just getting in with politicians. He has their ear and they are listening to what he has to say. And then on the opposite side of that, the Latino population in New York trusts and believes in him as well. They are, you know, if Luis is saying something, they're listening. The world is listening to what Luis Miranda has to say. Huh. It gets to the point that in 1998, Chuck Schumer is running for Senate. Okay. At this point, he's running for Senate against a three-term incumbent Republican uh, senator of New York. Chuck Schumer decides, I gotta get Luis. So he hires uh, Luis as a consultant for his his platform, you know. Again, give me that insight, give me that you know, everything the population's saying. Because of what Luis did, he helped Chuck Schumer win. And chuck schumer's still in the senate i mean he's now the senate majority leader that's nuts yeah so after that uh i believe it's a junior senator and i cannot remember her name followed that same platform right after chuck schumer was like i gotta get louise um she wins and then in 2000 he's like a
0: political magical bullet
1: yeah, because just his insights. Again, he looks at the data. He's realizing what people want to hear, realizing where they need to focus. And also, the Latino population in New York is huge, especially right. Puerto Ricans, right? So him coming out saying, listen, I'm from Puerto Rico. I know you people. I know what it's like back home, and I know what it's like here. And Luis Miranda has this thought of um, family and country. He loves his family, and he loves his country. And he's going to do whatever he can to help both of those. So, That's in awesome. two th- Yeah, in 2000, somebody else decides they need to get Luis Miranda on their team. And Hillary Clinton asks Luis to come on in, help her out, and, and see what he can do. So, with Luis's help, Hillary Clinton wins senator and becomes the first woman senator from New York. Wow. And... And, you know, throughout this documentary, which I think everybody should go check out, it's really amazing. There's moments where you see him just, he's just like hanging out with Nancy Pelosi, like talking to Chuck Schumer, like Hillary Clinton, like all of these massive politicians know who Luis is and and understand his impact. So throughout the 2000s, Lin-Manuel is becoming more prominent in his arts. Um, and when Lin-Manuel becomes, you know, that switch to like, oh, I'm into this musical theater thing, Mm -hmm. Luis kind of jumps on board with that too. Lin-Manuel tells a story of, you know, they grew up not rich at all. And, but his family loved musicals and like their record collection was all cast albums and, you know, whatever records they could find, they would just listen to Broadway musicals on record. And, you know, they never really got the chance to go see Broadway shows, but they would listen to them at home. And they would just be a singing family of Broadway musicals. Um, So Lim Miranda becomes very prominent in the arts. I think it's 2009, he finally gets to release In the Heights, which again is about Washington Heights, it's about where he's from, it's about the area that he's from, about the Latino population and their voices being heard. Uh, And Luis Miranda is very prominent in promote that show. And because of his connections through politicians, he also knows people at universities. He knows people in agencies and starts to like almost become Lin-Manuel's, like I almost said Lin-Manuel's (laughs) Moranager.
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: (laughs) And is beginning to. Pitch Lin-Manuel to different managers and agencies. Like, hey, check out my son. Like, listen to what he can he can throw. And, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily what got Lin-Manuel in the loop to create In the Heights, but it didn't hurt by any means. Yeah, for sure. So all this continues to go on. In the Heights happens, and it's a huge hit. Uh, it wins Best Musical at the Tonys. Um, and slowly you know, Luis is still working. He's nonstop working. He just continues to work for the government. He continues to work on the arts. He's just always involved in the community. Um, in 2015, uh, Puerto Rico's governor announced that the island could no longer pay its debts. Basically, you know, they were broke. Yeah. Puerto Rico was broke. So, Lin-Manuel wrote to the new york times issuing a plea for help you know and him and luis's dad they both just lobbied congress for emergency debt relief they were like so heavily involved in trying to get this debt relief to puerto rico and you know it just just wasn't happening uh and then in 2016 between 2016 2017 two hurricanes hit puerto rico
0: Yeah, I I remember now. Now we're getting the parts I remember.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it basically wiped out Puerto Rico. This whole, like, the island, you know, was demolished. Buildings were gone. Like, people were stranded. Like, everything was gone from Puerto Rico. And at this time, Hamilton had just came out. So, Lin-Manuel's voice was big before Mm -hmm. within the Heights. Now, with Hamilton, it's, Everybody knows Hamilton.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's a superstar now, right? That's, that yeah. was his, his break.
1: Yeah. So the Mirandas did something amazing. Uh, Lynn wrote a song called Almost Like Praying, which was um, this love letter to Puerto Rico. And it had people like Gloria Estefan, Jennifer Lopez, Mark Anthony, and a bunch of other artists, you know, singing on this track, you know, kind of like the We Are the World of. this this situation. Um, Because of this song, they ended up raising like millions and millions of dollars in money that then Luis like helped through the Hispanic Federation help coordinate distribution of funds to different organizations and, and areas that were hit hardest. And like Luis is like on the phone prominently calling like truck drivers and calling other um relief organizations in the area saying yeah we need to make sure we're hitting this area we need to make sure we're getting these people we need to make sure we have this much water this much food so it's not just his his federation doing it like luis is on the phone with puerto rico trying to figure out where they need to get aid
0: that's nuts
1: yeah so luis lynn they're just involved with puerto rico with puerto rico and and getting you know this relief to them and they're 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 just genuinely doing their best like it's not their name they are on the phone talking to people um so at this point the island begins to rebuild they start to kind of perk up because of everything that the mirandas have done again they're shipping water to areas that need water. They're shipping food to areas that need food. They're helping people find housing. The Lynn manuel and Luis then decide they need to bring Hamilton to Puerto Rico. They need to get this show there. And they need to help raise more money. Well, when this happens, it it also causes some controversy, controversy with, with Puerto Ricans. Some Puerto Ricans, you know, saw this as a publici- a publicity stunt sure i right? get that so they there's a scene in in siempre luis where lin manuel is giving a speech at a university and protesters get on stage with a big sign and are like basically chanting like you know, don't, you can't be here, like, go home, like, you can't use our country for your money, like, you know, just for you to gain notoriety and this and that. And in the scene, Luis is there, sitting on the sidelines, and security guards start to go on stage, and Luis stops the security guards and says, like, no, let them do their thing, like, let them protest. They have that right to protest. Let them, let them protest. Like, huh. they have that right. Um, And eventually, they kind of help... I'm pretty sure that's what happens. But then eventually he's like, you know, leave my son be like, get off stage. You did your thing. Now, like you'd had your moment. Let us have ours. Um, So they bring Hamilton to Puerto Rico. Finally, they had to have a venue change because the venue collapsed. I, I think that's what happened. Like months, right months before it went on, mm-hmm. they, like collapsed or had major leaks or something. So they had to change venues. But when Hamilton was there, they ended up, raising over $15 million for Puerto Rico. Damn. And a lot of this went into the island's arts efforts to make sure the arts were still available to the people in Puerto Rico. Um, And again, because of this, Luis continued to organize distributions of goods and supplies throughout the island. Again, on the phone, not just his federation, he's helping to guide this stuff too. Um, And... The show in Puerto Rico uh, for local uh, for the locals there were just ten bucks a ticket, um, which is very cool.
0: That that is really cool. Considering yeah. Hamilton tickets were like five hundred bucks a ticket at one point. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, Alexander Hamilton's on the ten-dollar bill. How great is that? Huh? Oh, <laughs> nifty. Right. So Hamilton, you know, happens. He still continues to build coalitions for arts today in New York, across the country, everything like that. This man only sleeps five hours a night. He,
0: I mean, same, but for different right. reasons.
1: Well, he's 68 years old. Good Lord. Um. So he continues to... Well, he sleeps only about five hours a night so that he can continue to look at data, find out ways to help the community as best as he can. Um there's moments in, again, this documentary where, like, he's sitting with Hillary Clinton and she f- she finds him, like, in a crowd and is like, Luis, you work too hard. um, And he's like, I know, and just kind of shrugs it off. And she's like, no, you do. And he's like, eh. Um, but uh, in 2016, he had a
0: small heart attack
1: is what he called it. He's like, it was just a little heart attack.
0: Small heart attack, yeah, right.
1: Yeah, but, you know, he fought through it to continue to help out. So well, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So early, I think it's mid two thousands. His sister comes to him and says, "I can't help my son. My son needs help, and I just can't give the help that he needs." So Luis takes in this young man in mid two thousands and says, "Okay, I will raise him as my own." And um, his so he basically adopts his young nephew. And continues to treat him as a son. Again, in this documentary, you see him taking Miguel to school, picking Miguel home from school, like sitting down and doing homework with him. It's like at the end of his workday, after everything he's doing, he goes and picks his nephew up from school, brings him home. They go through homework, they go through his grades, they sit and they do classwork. And at this point in time, he's 66 years old. The man is helping raise a 15 or is raising a 15-year-old boy and being there for him and being the father figure he needs.
0: That's um, awesome.
1: Yeah. So.
0: That sounds like a really cool dude.
1: He's like, I had no idea going into this documentary, I, literally no idea about Luis Miranda and everything he did. I had no idea he was this huge political figure that he literally helped win elections for Chuck Schumer and Hillary Clinton.
0: I didn't, yeah, I had no idea. I, I only knew Lin-Manuel Miranda. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah.
1: So, you know, his efforts really kind of helped shape Lin Manuel, who he is. And, you know, like I've said, he's very community oriented. So, um, Lin Manuel still lives like a couple blocks from where he grew up in Washington Heights. um Lin Manuel doesn't live there anymore. He lives in a different city, but it's like literally maybe I think he said uh, just several blocks from where he grew up. So he still goes down to Washington Heights and go to the bodegas that he used to go to and like see the people he used to see growing up.
0: That's and, fantastic. Uh,
1: and Luis still lives in that area too. Um, But the, in the Heights movie just released on HBO as well. Yeah. Um, And uh, Lin-Manuel is in it, but he doesn't play the character he played when it first premiered, Usnavi. That's the main character. But uh, the writer of In the Heights, Lin-Manuel wrote the book for it and the, the um, lyrics, but he didn't write the script. That was somebody else. Um, she's also from that area. She was from Philadelphia. She said, I need to move to Washington Heights Like after I visited there. When they filmed this movie, which was, again, about 10 years after the show premiered on Broadway, they said, Lin-Manuel and the writer of the script said, we have to film in Washington Heights. You cannot not film in Washington Heights. Like, if you're going to do this, we need to do it right. So they filmed filmed in Washington Heights, which, again, isn't the greatest part of New York. Right. But then one other thing they said was, and this is Luis's influence on Lin-Manuel, we're not going to have a catering service. For lunches, we're going to go visit the local restaurants. We're going to go get coffee from the local bodegas. We're going to go do this with the local you know, community. We're not going to use the you know, the movie businesses, catering businesses. We're going to use the local restaurants and people, and they're going to be involved directly in this movie as well.
0: That's fantastic. I, yeah. Like, all around, just very cool. The family, the start. like This is just a really, really cool backstory to, to everything. That's cool.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of where my story ends. It wasn't very long, and there's more to Luis, you know.
0: Well, I mean, a man him. like that, there's probably billions of layers to that. Yeah, but I would, I would recommend
1: anybody who even hasn't a thought about Lin Manuel Miranda to go watch Siempre Luis on HBO. It's an absolutely amazing documentary. Shows him uh, over, I think it's a year, maybe a couple years. Um, in 2016, 2017. A lot of it is focused on the effort to get Hamilton to Puerto Rico, but it really goes into his backstory on his government work, how he got there, and how his efforts have really helped bring Puerto Rico to where they are today. And that's a lot of it is due to him and Lynn manuel and just how much they
0: care. Well, dang, Joe, this was a really good one. This was a really good, like, I, I, learned, a, I learned a ton. I had no idea about any of this. Go watch it. That is fantastic. I definitely will. I'll add it to my list. That is awesome. Yeah. So that was it. Well that I tell you what. I learned something today. I know we talk about like given knowledge on this podcast, but I absolutely learned something. I Good. like had no idea now I only started on like knowing who lin Manuel Miranda was because of Hamilton, right? And I think a lot of people right. did. Um and i had I had no idea, had no idea he was like that involved in that his dad was this like basically massive political operator that's like single handedly saving Puerto Rico. that's fantastic
1: <laughs> right it's pretty amazing it's so there you go, that's it for you.
0: well, Joe, yeah, that was a really good dad talk. I appreciate that,
1: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. One day, maybe we'll do Lynn,
0: hey, maybe we'll interview Lynn one day, dream big, Joe, dream big. <laughs>
1: That would be amazing.
0: Well, awesome. Thanks for listening everybody. Uh, We really appreciate it. We, uh, we really like doing these mini sods. this is kind of like where Joe and I can just do whatever we want and we're, uh, we hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do.
1: Yeah. So thank you all so much for listening again. Um, thanks to planet ant for having us on the network. Uh, we really, really appreciate it all.
0: And if you haven't yet go follow us on social media, we're at big dead energy pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then we're on Facebook. At Big Dad Energy. So uh, go look us up there, uh, you know, and don't forget to, you know, subscribe and leave us a review. We appreciate that, too. So thanks so much, everyone, for listening.
1: And remember, don't go spending all that knowledge in one place.
0: This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.